This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time, a Wave Sports and Entertainment original. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe that you are a hater. We got a lot going on to talk about uh, in the course of this show, a lot of NFL action. Also, your voicemails about getting caught sneaking into stuff, because that's the kind of thing I wake up in the morning to hear, to be perfectly honest. Now, I guess I will start the show with uh, four words that everybody likes to say facetiously, but very rarely because they meet it in a truly celebratory fashion. How about them Cowboys? Now, the Cowboys are a polarizing thing in sports. We recognize that they are a polarizing thing in sports. That's why people in this business talk about the Cowboys all the time. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Every single one of you that's tired of hearing about the Cowboys, make your team more interesting. I, I, they are the most interesting thing in football. They always do that. Say what you want about Jerry Jones. I think he would wants to win a Super Bowl, but he going to make damn sure that his team is the most interesting one at all times. He had three years when Dave Campo was the head coach, and that was the most boring, forgettable stretch of football that any team has ever played. And he said, never again. And they ain't been boring for a moment since. And... That's got to be good on one hand, being a player, because it kind of makes you more famous and all that stuff. But on the other hand, as a player, it affects the way that we talk about like every single thing that they do, like this game that they lost to the Eagles. Now, as of yet, the Cowboys have not really demonstrated themselves to be much more than one of those teams that beats bad ones, right? What you call them? The Dolphins feel very similar to that. But you got to throw on top of that, the Cowboys also lost the game to the Cardinals. But they haven't demonstrated themselves really to be like somebody's good team. They, I mean, not good in what I would call a provable way. They seem to be a very, very talented outfit with lots of players that other people would like to have on their teams. But you couldn't say anything about their actual performance that would require you to be like, yo, this team is great. My read on how good they can be is pretty simple. We can't talk about how important the cornerback position has gotten and then have a team lose its all-pro corner and we think that doesn't matter a lot. It does. With Trayvon Diggs, they could probably have one of those, ooh, frightening, got to give him a nickname kind of defenses. Without him, I don't think that's possible. And then we go from there. But anyway, they played that game against the Eagles, and it was one of those games where one of those teams was just better than the other one was. And the Eagles are just better than them. Now, that doesn't mean that the Cowboys were not capable of winning the game. Right? Like, the Eagles are probably going to be better than just about every team that they play. They're not going to win all of the games, right? You can get one every now and then. And that's one the Cowboys had a chance to get. Dak Prescott had about the game of his life. And then, you know, shit was happening. And just to be clear, it was happening for everybody, right? The Cowboys marched down the field on defensive penalties. And then then they had, what, first and goal at the six. And then by the time it was over, they was on the 30. Yeesh. 
That's not what you want. But see, here's the thing. This was just, to me, a really good game. And one of those teams is going to have to lose. And that team was the Cowboys. But since it's the Cowboys, it becomes that team had to lose because it seems like that team lose that game all the time. Seems that they've been doing it for a very significant period of time. That's what throws it off, right? Because they're the Cowboys, because we talk about them so much, you can't just look at that one and it's like, man, that was a really good game. We're going to find and we're going to have to dissect who went wrong, who's the problem, what everything is, because everything with the Cowboys is going to be turned into something bigger. It's going to be part of this bigger, larger cycle. And the cycle ain't about a season. Oh, no, no, no. We talk about them like they're the Chicago Cubs before the year 2016. Everything go back sometimes. Somebody came in there with that Billy Goat, the Billy Goat Jerry Jones, apparently. Like, we're going to take all of it. I didn't get that much out of that game other than, number one, Dak Prescott, can he can dial it up to a certain level. And he did that in that game, right? He was incredible in that game. But, man, what was my man's name? Steele that was playing right tackle? See, this is one of the things about, like, different positions in football. The thing with the right tackle is there's a good chance he had a right tackle because he ain't good enough to be a left tackle. Right? You know, that's kind of how it goes, right? Like, it's not all of them. Teams have come to see the value of a right tackle, but in large part, the right tackle is there because he couldn't be a left tackle. And what that means is he is often the most vulnerable man out there on the field. And when somebody figures out that the right tackle is what my man, the late great Steve White, used to call a Burger King, that you can have it your way, ooh, that's bad news. Sean, you, you, you saw that play, right? The, the one at the end where Josh Sweat just went through that dude having it his way. Yeah, I think he the Eagles closed it out with three straight sacks and a takeaway, and uh, you know I think that that right tackle was uh, took a lot of the blame there. Yeah, I mean who who else could? What there was a man standing in front of you. A mere second and a half later, you are running behind that man, and you could read all the letters on the back of his jersey. You know his name. Yeah, I mean that was it. But I mean, but no. Nah. No, no, no. There's no need for finger pointing, right? But if someone so decided that they wanted to, you know, send a digit somebody's way, it'd all be going at one very large man, right? But that is lost. I, I did not really think that that game truly came down to much more than somebody's got to lose sometimes. And that time, it happened to be the Cowboys. There, there's this funny there's this funny tweet about that game. It says the uh, the Eagles did everything in their power to self destruct, but no one out self destructs the Cowboys. I mean, the Chargers would. Yeah, that, that like, we forget least. about that. They're top tier. Yeah, yeah, we act like the Cowboys are the only team that's capable of such things. Oh no, 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 the Chargers would keep it real, give the Bills a chance, and they might. We just don't talk about the Bills as much as we talk about the Cowboys, so it doesn't go there. Like Josh Allen gets his own personal brand of scrutiny, like he did after the first game of the year. But no, man, this this happens from time to time, right? This is this is one of those things. They just happen to be the Cowboys. So we're going to take it to the places that we take it to when it is the Cowboys. I get that. Let me get a clock, by the way. I want to switch gears right fast because I feel like I saw one of the more impressive things that I've ever seen in the NFL this weekend. And that is Josh Dobbs, who had not had a practice. And if he's anything like most of y'all, don't really know the names of any of the Minnesota Vikings that are still playing for them. 
and came out there and won a game for them, right? Like, this wasn't a matter of they threw Josh Dobbs in the game after Jared Hall got hurt. Jared Hall, by the way, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to put this whole sentence together for you. Jaron Hall, black quarterback from BYU. It was two black quarterbacks on Sunday who started, who played college football in Utah, and another black quarterback, he don't play quarterback no more, calling plays for the Philadelphia Eagles, who also play college football in Utah. I just want to point all that out while making the point that the New York Giants just had their first win quarterback by a black quarterback in the year 2023. Anyway, Jared, yeah, yeah, the Vikings, that's what I was talking about. This happens from time to time. You got to buffer a little bit. So here's what we got. Josh Jobs did not take a single rep with the offense in practice. No snaps from Garrett Bradbury, had never thrown passes to anyone, and didn't know most of their full names. That's for next week, he said. And when I say they won it, like they had a drive where they went down the field and Josh Dobbs was out there making throws. They said that uh, Kevin Stefan, they got Stefanski or O'Connell. O'Connell's their coach, right? Yeah, O'Connell. I'd be mixing them up. Anyway, that they said that when he was on the headset with him calling the plays, yeah, he was essentially translating calls and mapping out plays mid-huddle as the play clock was ticking down. And he said that Dobbs' ability to handle it all is one of the most impressive things he's seen in his career. And for those of you who don't know, Josh Dobbs was an aerospace engineering student at Tennessee, but that ain't really got nothing to do with what we're talking about right there. Like, people like to think that I'm pretty damn smart. I couldn't have done nothing close to what it was that we was talking about right here. And I, unlike Josh Dobbs, is smart enough not to play football. But anyway, I had imagined, like, I was like, how do you even know the plays? Like, he did not show up thinking he was actually going to have to work. He was like, cool, easiest money I ever made. I thought he must have been in there in the huddle like regular people would be. Like, that game, unfortunately, was played on artificial turf because he couldn't draw him up in the dirt. Or, like, just have his hand out there and be like, all right, cool. So, you get right here, and then when you get up to Miss Johnson's car, you go break it back inside. You're going to go straight like this. You're going to go over there like like, I, I, could, I couldn't think of no other way that you could possibly have any idea how to run enough of an NFL offense where you were out there, like, throwing the ball and running plays. And let's keep in mind here, he's not that good, right? Like, this isn't like you got Tom Brady off the street and then he came in there and was like, watch me work, right? They sent a tweet out uh, when the, the Vikings guy, Josh Dobbs, and it was presented as though the Vikings guy, Josh Dobbs, and now they had a chance. And I retweeted that with, it does, question mark? Because I have never at any point looked at the presence of Josh Dobbs to give you a chance. I ain't look at it like that when he was at Tennessee or any other place that he has been. He seems to be a very well-liked young man in such a way where he could probably work for 15 years. The, the OG pioneer for this is uh, Charlie Batch, right? One year in February, we're going to talk about it. Like Charlie Batch, man, we normally don't get those just kicking around and being a good mood jobs. But he got it, and Josh Jobs apparently seems to be able to keep it. Don't nobody think he's a starter. He's a little bit too good to be a backup. But he went down there looking like John Elway. And I don't want to, like, take any credit away from him for what he did and what he managed to pull off. I want to be very, very clear. I don't want to do that, right? But I'm going to stop acting all surprised that he did that. And I'm going to have to stop acting all surprised that he thought that he could do that. Because I think part of it that a lot of us are inclined to do, 
is for good reason, give him a lot of credit for honestly simply having the confidence that was required in order to pull off such a feat, right? And spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. It reminds me of something uh, from Bob Knight, right? Bob Knight passed away last week, but this is a quote that people remember from Bob Knight. Some would say that it is an indicator of what the Bob Knight problem was. Some would say, oh, this is pretty funny. Um, And what year is that? They were playing LSU in the tournament. I can't remember which. And they were down late, and he said he wasn't feeling so good. He said, and then he looked down at the other bench, and he saw that Dale Brown was still their coach, and that's when he realized they had a chance. And I say all that to say that Josh Dobbs knew they had a chance, and the way that I know that Josh Dobbs know, knew that they had a chance in that game is because Josh Dobbs is from Alpharetta, Georgia, which is to say that Josh Dobbs has seen enough and been around enough to have known that when you playing against the Atlanta Falcons, you always got a chance. No, no game is over against the Atlanta Falcons. You, 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 could, you could always pull out that victory against them because they just going to give it to you. They go hand it over. Don't you, don't you worry about that. Like they, as, as, as much credit as we give Josh Dobbs for the fact that he was able to run that offense, having just got there a few days ago and having not talked to any other, anybody that was there. Let me tell you something that the Minnesota Vikings could have done. Minnesota Vikings could have got on the microphone before the game and said, excuse me, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, please look in your pockets or on your smartphones. If you are sitting in section 331, row D, seat five, how'd you like to play quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings? And they could have had a person come down, walk down the steps, hop over the field. I'm not saying they would have won the game. I am saying they would have covered. You mentioned the Chargers as the one of the top elite uh, blowing games teams. Is the Falcons in that tier as well, I assume? The Falcons, like, it's hard for me to explain the difference between the Chargers and the Falcons when we start talking about just the ability to blow it by the time all is said and done. And that's really because only one of them has ever had a quarterback get caught for fighting dogs and and have a man of the year get caught soliciting a prostitute the night before the Super Bowl, right? Like, I mean, like they, they, that's a combination of factors that resides exclusively with this one particular NFL franchise. And of course, we got all kinds of franchises that somehow, some way in their histories have actually been worse than the Falcons, right? 
Like, 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 it's not like they're the worst team that ever existed. But damn, if it don't feel like it in a special way when you are watching them. Like, it just, it just feel like they got, it just feel like they got their own brand. Like, I don't, like, it's when you go aura. to the grocery it's store, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you go to the grocery stores, man. All them spaghetti sauces in a jar is just about the same. But I don't know. They got, like, the 12th herb and spice where it's just like, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one right there. Um, I wanna I wanna get to get to one more thing here while I'm thinking about it. And like sometimes I don't like to make the stories that we talk about about me. I just don't feel like that's what anybody's here for. Y'all wanna hear what I'm talking? You know what I think about these things, but stuff shouldn't be about me. But sometimes like my travels take me to places. They give me like a strong understanding of what's going on, and it allows me to like offer some game that could perhaps help some of you who are watching or maybe the person I'm talking about, though in this case, the person I'm talking about could be watching because he ain't got no job. So um, the Raiders went out there and blew the doors off the Giants. The Giants season, the wheels have come completely off and worse than the wheels coming off, um, Daniel Jones tore his ACL. So this is kind of like the wheels have come off and one of the tires is flown into the crowd and taking somebody out. Like it's just, it's it's been it's been all bad. For them, but it's been all good uh, for the Raiders. They got a victory. Um, Antonio Pierce out there. Like one thing about Antonio Pierce is he got a presence. If nothing else, like like he's he's got that. But there was something else that was going on with that game, which was man, the Raiders looked like they were having a lot of fun. Like. The kind of fun, look at this. We got the Raiders and Max Crosby, who, by the way, uh, I had not like drawn all the conclusions I wanted about what archetype of tatted to the knuckle white dude he was. But I got to say, he checked in a little bit differently in this video with his uh, teammates, shall we say, than, than I had expected. You know, you can never know with those guys that John Gruden brought in. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, you know, you know couldn't, couldn't get to the bottom of it per se. But anyway... The Raiders look so happy. They look happy during the game. Antonio Pierce, after they won, talked about how it had been tough the last two weeks and it was good for them to get that victory that they had there. They were thrilled, man. They were thrilled. And it reminded me once of uh, when I was uh, doing a TV show uh, called High Noon. It was like the first time in my life that I had been in a situation where I was the oldest person in the operation, at least the people that I work with from day to day. I was the oldest. And it wasn't like by splitting hairs that I was the oldest. Like I was the oldest person there. And in those situations, there can sometimes be, you know, sometimes when you're the oldest, you got to be the oldest, right? Like those are the things that happen from time to time. So I remember I took a week off from work. And I forget where it was that I went. I went to some like exotic locale. But for some reason, it was one of those exotic locales that had a television. And I mean, it had the ESPN television. And so I had the time and I turned to the show. And brother, let me tell you what I saw. <laughs> I saw a production where it appeared that people were having a lot more fun than they had when I was there. And I have to tell you, it did not feel good. I came back from vacation scheduling lunches with my boss, with, with my with my coordinated producer, with my co-host. Like, hey, man, I just, you know, it just kind of looked like everybody, like, 
is it me? You know what I'm saying? Like, it just seemed like everybody was having such a good time and I wasn't there. Just like, you know, like it make you ask some questions about yourself and what your get down is. And that, that was how I felt. And I'm, I'm saying all that to say, Josh McDaniels, did you watch the Raiders? Those dudes hated working for you. They really, really, really hated working for you. They are so glad that you are gone. Being around you made those guys miserable. Miserable. Because think about this. The Raiders are four and five. It is not out of the realm of possibility now that they let Dan there, everybody in. Like, the playoffs in the NFL now is, like, free before 11, right? You hurry up, you can get there. Like, if you, if you, if you get on your horses, you got a chance that you can get into the playoffs. And it all seems possible now because that dude that was making everybody sad is out of there. He's gone. And I know there are a lot of people who hear me say this, and they're thinking about it in a different context. They're thinking about it like, okay, well, these dudes make a bunch of money. It shouldn't matter if you die, die, die. Nah, man, I'm going to tell you something. Before I started doing uh, gang theory, I was talking to Neil Brennan. And there's a fascinating story to the first part of this that doesn't relate to right now. But I tell you, the, the, the crux of what he told me was, he was like, the show business thing, 80% of it is the talent being in a good mood. Okay. In football, the talent is them 53 dudes. And I'm not saying they all got to be just happy, like skipping, walking in, but they can't be miserable. They can't be unhappy, right? And a dude like McDaniels needs to understand this. I will also make this point, and this is important. The Bill Belichick model only works if you win all the time. I had a former Patriot once tell me he had played in other places. He was playing for the Patriots that year. I asked him how it was, and he said, it is not the most fun place to work, but at least you have a chance to win every Sunday. When it is miserable and you know you about to get your ass kicked, brother, you get fired after eight games. Did you see any of the videos of Devontae Adams this week? It was a complete 180 from last week on how happy he is along yeah. with the rest of the players. But I think you're right. Uh, uh, you got to be a good boss, but also a boss that allows some fun in the locker room. People can't not want to come to work, especially when your job is go get in a car crash. <laughs> I want to um, talk about uh, the Sunday night football broadcast. Not so much about the game. The game itself, though, interesting. Like Joe Burrow um, played very well. The Vikings are the Vikings. Um, and not the Vikings. What are they called? The Bills. The Bills are the Bills. Okay. Um, but it was Cincinnati hosting Buffalo which was the same matchup in the same location as last season when we had, I don't know what to call it. I, I feel like it's somewhat trite to call it the DeMar Hamlin incident, but it was what happened with DeMar Hamlin. And um, there was a lot of buildup in the production for this game, um, a lot of discussion about the EMTs, the first responders, and you know how important they were to saving Hamlin's life. And all of that, we had lots of shots of DeMar Hamlin. We had people in the crowd with their um, DeMar Hamlin signs. And I understand in large part um, why for this game, you kind of would need to do it. I do. You know, like we need to give some attention to what happened. However, after having seen the way that it went, um, 
I will say that I have a suggestion from here on out for what we do with DeMar Hamlin. How about we just act like that never happened? Am I the only person that feels that way? I know I'm not the only person that feels that way. And you know how I know I'm not the only person that feels that way? Because it doesn't make you want to watch a football game after talking about how you thought you saw a man die. Because I can't speak for nobody else, but I know that when that happened with Hamlin and the ambulance is rolling out of there with no lights and it didn't seem like they were really moving with that much urgency. Obviously they were, but it didn't look like it. I called Dominique and I said, hey, bro, did we just watch a man die on the field? Like football players, the thing that they said almost to a man that was the most shocking about the thing that happened with Hamlin was they had never considered they could die in a football game. They knew maybe you could get paralyzed and all these other terrible outcomes, but not a single one of them had ever considered the possibility that you could die. It was one of the most awkward and honestly like terrifying and unsettling moments that I can ever think of in watching a sporting event. And you know that it was terrifying and unsettling because they actually like canceled the end of the game which we've seen people paralyzed before and they just keep on going. That game don't stop for nobody and they had to stop that because everybody was like, yo, what's really hood? Like we, th there, there was nothing to be done for that. Now the problem is because of the way the NFL sees itself and I think in a lot of ways, the way that we talk about promoting market, you know, um, I think it's more market sports than anything else, because I do recognize in this larger way that the role of sport in society is value promotion and all these things. But now that everything has to be made into a television show, the NFL has to stand in every way for all that's good. And what they're trying to do is to turn what happened with DeMar Hamlin into a story of inspiration. There is nothing inspiring about what happened. Like the, if there's an inspiration, it is, yeah, the first responders and the ability to save somebody's life under those circumstances. Hearing about DeMar Hamlin, all that does is make me sit there and question, why exactly am I doing this again? Like what, 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 what am I, what am I watching this for? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like, that's the place that it takes me when that goes. It's like, I don't, I don't, you know, guys, I don't know if we really need to be doing this. But the belief in this game and the way that people look at it is so, like, powerful that they got to believe that they can make it into something good. They got to believe that they can use football to tell a story of heroism but in the most over-the-top way. So it's all this big music and the voices that you come up with and everything else. And they're showing you DeMar Hamlin on the sideline for all of these games. And I mean, I'll be honest, man, it's been almost a year since this happened and I haven't like really reconciled where I am on it and how I feel about it. And you just keep showing me this. And I'm like, guys, no, no, no. We'd, we'd all be better off acting like it didn't happen. Like, Sean, we got this clip that a reporter um, in Cincinnati took of Hamlin after the game and 
He comes out on midfield and he's kneeling at the spot where like he was that day where he went into cardiac arrest and he's just there and he's quiet and he's silent. And it's actually like very touching, you know, by itself when you think about it. But man, I wonder like what is or was in his mind as he's doing that, you know, because what we've done. I mean, he's become a mascot of sorts, but I don't know like really how to feel about that because I know he wants to play football again. I don't even necessarily know just how much football had to do with what happened, right? Like this isn't like a Daryl Stingley situation or Mike Utley or something like that where you see somebody get paralyzed. I admit that this is a little different. And so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to seem like one of those football is evil kind of people and just put it all on the sport itself. I'm not willing to go there. I'm just telling you, while watching the game, it did make you stop and ask yourself, why am I sitting here watching the game? And the NFL, rather than just do what they normally do when things are uncomfortable, act like it's not going on. They want to revel in this one. And I'm just telling you. It, this can't be a good play. I'm not the most delicate flower out here. So if I'm the person that's watching this and feeling this way, I'm sure there are other people who do too. And I, I just, I, I, it, it does not make me feel good. Um, I know that it was Sunday night, not Monday, but uh, it does not make me ready for some football. It, it does, it does not, it does not get me. It, it does not get me in the spirit, guys. It doesn't. It just feels for me instead is just being kind of cynical and you don't have to do it that way do you do you prefer if they completely ignored it obviously like this game was a big one but yeah right it's almost better that way yeah i mean talk about it why that's my only question if nobody told you demar hamlin was on the sideline what does it change you know and so i'm not i'm not saying like the dude shouldn't be around or nothing like that no i'm just asking what is the purpose of continuing to make this a story there are no changes in it all that happens is every week he's on the sideline and we're like boy sure great that he's on the sideline but i'm just telling you it doesn't it doesn't it it doesn't make me feel good and it ain't because there's something wrong with me all right uh coming up next we got if you haven't heard and we have got your voicemails getting caught sneaking into stuff Prize Picks is the most fun you have by winning up to 25 times your money this football season, and now you can play during basketball season two. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And with the NBA back, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made in receptions. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash Bomani and use code Bomani for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Bomani. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? For me, there's nights where I need to prioritize my sleep, but I just can't seem to do it. 
Whether it's a late-night NBA game keeping me up or some chaotic Pac-12 after-dark matchup that'll have me up till 2 a.m., you know you shouldn't be watching because it's not good for you, but you just can't do it. One helpful solution can be therapy, which helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. Therapy can help you learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries within your life. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for people who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Bomani. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the right time. Uh, Let us move into our tour of the world's news stories. We know you can't be on top of all the news and information of the day. No need for the social media feeds. We got you. Now, if you haven't heard. This first one is about commuting. Hey, I'm Aki Ito. I'm a reporter with Insider, and I just wrote this story about the rise of super commuters. So super commuters are people who travel at least 90 minutes one way from their home to the office. And there are more of them now because a lot of professional jobs are going hybrid. Now that they only have to go into the office a few times a week, maybe only a few times a month, they're thinking, maybe I can live a little farther away. One guy I spoke to lives in Des Moines, Iowa, and he takes not one, but two flights to get to his office in San Francisco, stays at a hotel for a few nights, and then he flies back. Talking to these super commuters, I kept thinking this has got to be exhausting, but they really swore by it. They get to live where they want to live, and they also get the benefits of being in person together with their colleagues. And so I think this phenomenon is changing the geography of work in a really interesting way. Yo, the thing that is very interesting to me about these people who are commuting from some of these places like Des Moines and Iowa to do their jobs in places like San Francisco is that on one hand, you get to kind of, I think you probably reap some financial benefits from doing that. But on the other hand, you live in Des Moines, Iowa. And see, I understand that a lot of people want to live in whatever the Des Moines, Iowa is of their place or what, you know, I get that. But no, like I understand you might not want to live in San Francisco, but I am amazed at some of these places, these people with these good ass jobs are willing to go back to and live in. I don't like I ain't trying to be the only person with a good ass job like this. Like that, that to me is most fascinating about this idea that people have now that you can live wherever you want. Some of the places that they are choosing to live. And I get it that not everybody wants to live in an urban environment or anything like that. But I am surprised how many people really do want to just come back home to one of them places that sound like it's in a Bruce Springsteen song and you'd be trying to get the hell out of. Like, I'm with you. I get that you might be saving more money living in a house in Des Moines, Iowa. But is that worth all that travel to then, like you said, go back to Des Moines, Iowa? Yeah, I just I I, it's not really how I was raised, Sean. (laughs) It is not really in line with the sensibilities that I myself have developed. But I mean, look, I guess that's where people are. And this comes up too, where they got the, hey, I got to catch this flight every now and then. Like, 
One thing about getting extra money out of something, the game is not built for you to leave that money on the table. They're going to find a way. Somebody going to find a way to get that. Like super commuting, great for the airlines. Hey, no, don't nobody want you to work from home more than the airline. All right, Bo, the next one we got is uh, on rats in New York City. Hey, I'm Jenny McGrath, a senior science reporter with Insider. My colleagues and I recently covered a relatively new method of rat control in New York City. City Council member Julie Menon told Gothamist the method successfully eliminated over 100 rat burrows on a section of East 86th Street since last year. I spoke with Matt Diodato, the owner of Urban Pest Management. He's been using a machine called Burrow RX, which pumps carbon monoxide into rat burrows that are often found in the city's tree pits. Diodato told me the method is both quick and effective, and it's more humane for the rats than poison. He estimated that since starting to use this method, he's killed thousands of rats across the city. Some New Yorkers don't love this and say they wish there was another way to get rid of the rats without killing them. And indeed, experts say that as long as there's this unlimited access to garbage, rats will breed far faster than any method can eliminate them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me. Let, I, I need. I need to. I need to step back to the these New Yorkers that want to find a way to get rid of the rats without killing them. <laughs> Insane. What? What? I, I'm just trying to figure out what that means. Like, like, what? 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 What, 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 what do you want to find? Like a, like start a rat colony somewhere? A, a, a sanctuary for rats? Yeah, I just, I just can't figure out like this idea. Okay, so what we want to do is we want to get rid of the rats, but we don't want to kill them. I got bad news for you. There, there, there is no plan B on get rid of the rats. And I mean, I want to throw something out here because Sean, you are from around these New York parts. And I think that people who are not from New York don't quite get like, what we talking about when we talking about a rat sure okay because you are thinking of a rodent and people i had think have familiarity with mites and like hamsters and gerbils like things that they can keep in a cage no no man these things is muscular and they like i think every new new yorker has the moment that you realize that you can't really wear flip-flops outside because you'd be sitting there and be like oh something rubbed against my foot and then you look down and that thing is like about the size of a raccoon no, they're 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 uh, you know the term built different. They they truly are New York. They're a different breed. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know who the person is. Who the person is that looks at a rat in New York and is like, yeah, but you can't kill it. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes. If that rat was in your house, you'd have a bunch of rat traps. You wouldn't be sitting around like, can we just give it a sedative so I can let it go back in the wild? No, no, it's not an option. Somebody got to die. And what wild do they go to? You know, if we if we dropped them off in some forest, I think they would destroy the ecosystem there. Or they come back. <laughs> exactly. Like, right, why are we taking any chances here? There's no place out here that's like, whoo, appreciate those rats. Way to go. Sorry, somebody got to lose here. And they need to be these rats. All right, next we got, uh, let's move away from the rats and we're going to get to tech. Hi, I'm Amanda Chicago Lewis. I'm a journalist, and this week I published a long piece with The Verge called The People Who Ruined the Internet. Uh, the story is primarily about the people who do SEO or search engine optimization, but it's also about how Google controls so much of our sense of reality and our access to information online. So a lot of folks have been complaining lately that Google results have gotten worse, that they're not useful or that they're filled with stuff that looks like ads or spam created by these people who are trying to game search engines for a living, who do SEO. I wanted to understand how we got to where we are and who, if anyone, is to blame. 
So if you don't know, doing SEO is kind of this mysterious set of techniques where you're trying to get a website ranked more highly in search results because a higher ranking translates to more attention, which can then be used to make more money. Google actually doesn't want people doing anything to artificially boost their rankings. Uh, the company likes to say that if you want to rank higher, just make a better website. But for businesses, this can be a really frustrating thing to hear. So they end up hiring someone to do SEO. Um, and a lot of people have this very specific idea of what kind of person does SEO for a living. The stereotype that I kept running into when I was reporting was that people who do SEO are these hustlers willing to do anything to get rich and make a website appear higher up in search results. One person called SEO modern day pirate shit. And I did speak to a bunch of people who fit this description and who got a big kick out of bending the rules to manipulate search results uh, and made a lot of money doing so, particularly back in the early days of the internet. But the more I learned about SEO, the more it felt like they were mostly just regular business people who were living in this universe created by Google. Um, people are always going to try to game any system or get away with whatever they can get away with to make money, but Google is the one that's making the rules. The Department of Justice is currently accusing Google of being a monopoly, and the company does control 90% of the online search market. So for me, the really crazy thing is that most of us think of Google like a library, like a public utility, but it is not. It is a company that is also, at the end of the day, just trying to make money. No, that last part at the end is the most important one and the biggest reason why to run this, right? I was just reading this book. Um, apparently, it's a, quite a legendary book that I was unfamiliar with until about a month ago, but I knocked it out on a plane this weekend. And it's called Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Postman. It's about 180 pages. I highly recommend you check it out. But a very important point that it makes is that our government is safeguarded against, or at least it attempts to be, against like tyranny like go like government tyranny was the concern of the founding fathers so all their paperwork is in line with trying to prevent government tyranny but what they did not foresee is the power that corporations would ultimately have and that there was no true institutional framework to keep them in line which then got exacerbated greatly post ronald reagan and get you here to right now where you have a situation where google can control 90 percent of search, which then really does control a lot of our lives, but it gets controlled ultimately by these people that figure out how to juke the game. And Google's whole thing is, ah, we actually prefer that you just play fair and square, right? And there's no way to prevent it that. It doesn't really work that way. Yeah, I was saying, it, does, it just doesn't really work that way. And so I had not really thought about that because honestly, man, for the most part, you just put something in Google to get you what you need right quick. You click on it and then you go. But there is real power in being at the top of the search. And the search feels different than the yellow page because like the sponsored ads and all of that stuff, like to me, that's not terribly different than the people in the yellow pages who uh, have bigger font, and bigger print or whatever it is. I'm uh, sorry. So kids. Back in the day, there was this thing called a telephone book and you pay for it. And when you get it, it had all these different listings of all the businesses if they paid to be in it. And it was one called the Yellow Pages, which is very similar to searching, where rather than being listed by name, it was listed by heading like auto insurance, bail bondsman, all of that stuff. Yes. But the Yellow Pages always had sponsored ads and things that jumped out. Right. Like that's not that's that wasn't a meritocracy in that way. 
But there's something about Google and the Internet that feels like it's supposed to be more fair, you know. And so knowing that people have all these games to juke it and to break it and to figure everything else, everything else out. It tells you a lot, honestly, though, about what we lose from moving so much into the Internet because so much of it ultimately becomes impersonal. The other thing that's happened with search, and I know that Google has said for a long time that like search is changing, like our role in search isn't the same. What became more important was personal recommendation. And thank goodness we have the option of personal recommendation because just going for the search ain't no telling where that's going to lead you. No, and as someone who works in sports with the SEO thing, it's a lot of, hey, how, how do we get LeBron versus Jordan into that uh, headline? <laughs> Some way. Spell it L space, E space. Whatever you got to do, man. Put it in code. Bo, I just want to say shout out to the audience for sending in a lot of submissions on their sneaking in stories, a lot of which I couldn't uh, play on air on their behalf just to try to protect them. But uh, here's the first one on uh, sneaking in as a bartender. What's up, Bo? Uh, love the new show. Glad you're back. Um, I got some... A good one, I think, about sneaking into places that you're not supposed to be. So it wasn't actually me. Um, I had a coworker for a few years um, who was Irish. So he's from Dublin. And so are all of his friends. They're all guys from Dublin who moved to New York City, where I live. And uh, we're like 23. And they realized that an Irish accent and a black shirt and black jeans can get you into most places if you just say you're the bartender. So he snuck into Fleetwood Mac at City Field um, and just used Irish accent bartender. And they were like, oh, we're at this place there. Uh, even gave him a golf cart <laughs> to get in from the entrance over to the stage area, the backstage area. And uh, he had one where it was, wasn't him. It was one of his friends. He uh, His go-to move was he'd wear a boiler suit, and he would show up, and he would say, I'm the extra porta potty guy. And they'd be like, oh, thank God. Come on in. They're always happy to see a man in a boiler suit who's going to lend a helping hand to clean out those porta potties at different concerts, festivals, whatever it may be. So that was the go to. And any Irish people listen to this, give that one a try. All right, man. Thanks. That, that is well played. And I got to say this I haven't tried it myself, but as I'm listening to this, I'm going to make a suggestion to black people. If you want to try to get into the Fleetwood Mac show, do the exact same thing. Just walk in with that shirt and say that I'm a bartender. And I bet they let you in because they would never imagine that your black ass would want to go see him so bad that you would sneak in. And I say this to somebody that would want to go to a Fleetwood Mac show, at least at the point when the Fleetwood Mac people I cared about were still alive. But hey, I hadn't even really thought about that trick. The one we had used in college to get in wasn't really a trick. Is that you go to the show and you get there early and you wait for a DJ and you ask if you could help him carry in the crates and then you carry in the crates and then you win but you just got to hang out for a long time as a, as a korean i'm going to actually work on my irish accent especially because you Give get it a try. access yeah let me tell you something if you show up korean with an irish accent i think they'll let you in just so they can listen to you talk <laughs> good, good right, it would just be fun yeah i mean you just you just make everybody feel a little bit better just by being around all right, we got one last one on a very famous uh, artist. Yo, what's going on, Bo? All right, man, I did a spin as a limousine driver, and I was trying to catch a time constant in Malibu. But I got off late, and um, I pull up in the sedan uh, at a town car. I'm suited and booted. There were people out front checking uh, you know, tickets or whatever. They said, hey, man, it's sold out. Do Are you on the guest list? And I said, absolutely, I'm on the guest list. Uh, so they looked for my name. 
and they couldn't find it because um, it wasn't there. But eventually they got nervous because I just did a James Harden and make them very uncomfortable. And uh, they give me a wristband. I walk in. I see my boy Buddy Lewis was going on. He's a comic. And Buddy says, let's go backstage. I didn't know that my wristband gave me all access. So I go backstage. I'm hanging out with the time. I'm talking to Jerome. And I'm like, hey, man. They're like, hey, we going to this party, man. This cat wants to this party, man. I'm like, hey, I got a town car who wants to go. Take a couple of the cats from the time. And uh, we get to the House of Blues, and I find out who he is. It's Prince. Prince is standing at the front, greeting everybody. That was my opportunity to meet Prince. I said, yo, what's up, man? I'm John Moody. He looked at me, extended his hand, and said, I'm Prince, as if I wouldn't know him. Did I get caught? No. Was this a good story? For me, it was. All right, man. Y'all take care. Oh, man, I got to be honest. Both of those stories are highly disappointing because nobody got caught. Like, good for you victorious people that get in. Nah, nah, let me tell you what's better. Apprehended trespassers. Getting caught cheating, getting caught sneaking in adds a little spice to it. Like I said, my brother snuck in that Prince concert and tried to take it backstage. And that is where the party ended right fast. By the way, I would like to tell you that the right time is uh, presented by Prize Picks. I realized, Sean, that I had not given prize picks all of their glory. I'm just going to tell you right now, prize picks is the bomb. I got to give prize picks everything I can right now. Really check them out. They got some real cool ways for you to guess what's going to happen in some of these games. I just like you get to the end sometimes and you realize the whole reason why we're here, you kind of skipped over. I know they got the name up there in the top corner, but prize picks prize picks prize picks they're gonna be happy yeah, maybe no matter what help. you know yeah maybe i can help them start a chant i just want to make sure that they know bo jones care if don't nobody else care prize picks prize picks prize picks <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen thanks so much for joining us here on the right time a wave sports and entertainment original presented by prize picks my man sean you handles everything behind the scenes thank you sir also thank you to our if you haven't heard contributors thanks to aki ito a business insider check out her story on super commuting and how that is on the rise and it's trouble for mid-sized cities thanks to jenny mcgrath check out her story for business insider about new york's exterminators trying to get rid of all these rats and thanks to amanda chicago lewis check out her story at the verge on the people who ruined the internet also remember the voicemail number is 323-596-7767 323-596-7767 you can call anytime you want or when we got something that we want to hear from you on we'll let you know 323-596-7767 all right remember subscribe on youtube click that like button it's how we get money over here and thank you for following the right time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we will talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Take it easy.